Welcome to the North Texas District Leadership Podcast. This is Robert Miller, the director of the NTD Church Loan Fund, and we are glad to be back with you today sharing practical resources to the ministers and ministries of the North Texas District family. And I am joined today with a very special guest, Dr. Jeff Logue. Dr. Logue is our new North Texas District Council Care Provider, and we'll be talking more about that program as we have our discussion time today. But uh, Jeff, welcome today. Would you uh, greet everyone as they are joining us? Thanks for having me, Robert. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with everybody. Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Logue, I know uh, you have a a very uh, lengthy bio of all your uh, degrees and experience, but I do want to point out to everybody as I share who he is and and what he offers, uh, that he is one of us. He is a licensed minister with the North Texas District of the Assemblies of God. Uh, We appreciate him being a part of our tribe, our family so very much, and he understands us. He understands ministry. He is on the pastoral staff at Gateway Assemblies of God in Midlothian, Texas. He's also an adjunct professor for Southwestern Assemblies of God University. So uh, many of you may know him, but if you don't know him, he's one of us. Uh, He's a part of our family, and uh, it's a great honor and privilege to have him uh, joining us today and a part of the NTD team going forward providing our council care. Uh, Dr. Logue also holds his PhD uh, in counselor education and supervision from Regent University in Virginia Beach, has his Master of Science degree in counseling and psychology from SAGU uh, here in Waxahachie. He's a licensed professional professional counselor, uh, Texas board approved licensed professional counselor supervisor, and also serves as the chair of the Department of Behavioral Sciences and Community Services at SAGU. Uh, so we appreciate uh, you so much, Jeff, and what you're going to offer to our ministers. I know you already helped so many pastors. And uh, so uh, specifically, tell us a little bit about what you provide and uh, how you can be a, a help to our ministers and their families. Absolutely. Uh, council care really does exist to um, meet the emotional, spiritual, and uh, psychological needs of our our staff and our our, our pastors and ministers and their families out there. Um, and it's, it's really been a great opportunity to help those that are always helping other people. One of the reasons why I got into counseling uh, years and years ago is because I looked around and I saw everyone was going to the pastor for help, but there really wasn't a whole lot of help there for the pastor. And growing up as a, as a PK, um, I saw some of that stress. Um, my wife, she's also a pastor's kid. And so we, we had an opportunity in our dating life to really kind of discuss some of these stressors that a lot of pastors have and really the sense of isolation that so many of them do feel. So as I was, you know, seeking God's will at Southwestern, I started out in pastoral ministry because that's what my dad did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's really amazing how through life experiences God homes and shapes our calling, and uh, ultimately I, I felt the call to go into counseling. Oh, that's awesome to hear your story there of of growing up around ministry, and that's what helped le- lead you into this. I truly believe it is a calling. You you serve as a as a ministry. Uh, as a minister, uh, not only to ministers, but uh, the ministry that is so important. Uh, 
Dr. Conch, our North Texas District Superintendent, has a vision for a thousand healthy churches. That's kind of the vision that encompasses everything we do as a district. But we, we have come to talk about that, that to have a thousand healthy churches, we need a lot more than that number in healthy ministers. Uh, right. It takes a healthy minister to lead a healthy church. It takes healthy ministers to lead departments of healthy churches. And uh, so it's so important that we also focus not only on the the health of the church, but the health of the, the minister. And uh, as you said, being a PK, uh, we all know as, as ministers and being around this that uh, there are a lot of things that just aren't taught uh, in, in school. It's just the school of hard knocks that you learn That's as right. you go. Uh, and there are experiences that are similar, but they're also, they're also unique to our ministers. And, and I love what you said that you noticed a lot of people or everybody goes to the pastor, uh, but not all pastors are counselors. Uh, that may not be their area of gifting, that may not be their area of training or their area of calling. Uh, can you talk a little bit about, uh, about how you come alongside uh, to assist with that as you're calling? Yeah, um, we, we here at Council Care, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a number that the, the pastor can call. Um, it, it's, we, we hold it in the same level of confidentiality that uh, a pastor would would receive if he was going to a secular therapist. Uh, but the cool thing about all of our network is they're all Bible-believing Christian counselors. So what we do is we treat them with the, the same level of respect and professionalism that they would receive uh, at, at any other counseling clinic or, uh, or private practice. And they're going to call in, and we're going to listen to their story, and we're going to hear their needs, and we're going to... Uh, develop a personalized treatment plan and program that's going to best suit them. And uh, what, what I'm uh, attempting to do as the director is make sure that our men and women in ministry and their families have access to top-notch, professionally trained, licensed therapists that can provide them really the best of both worlds. Uh, they're they're going to get the highest level of training um, these therapists are going to have the highest level of, mm -hmm. of training, but they're also going to be able to integrate spiritual disciplines and spiritual integration into those, those counseling sessions. So you're not just getting one side, you're getting the best of both worlds. That's, that's fantastic. I think uh, we were talking earlier before going live about the, the burdens that pastors carry. Uh, and it's one thing to minister to your congregation, to, the, your, to your people, and carry their burdens. But what do pastors do with their own burdens? You know, a lot of times as pastors, uh, we're, whether it be pride or shame or uncertainty in our faith, uh, or, or we just allow the enemy to, to speak to us that we're not uh, doing something right. You know, if we have something that we feel like we need help with, uh, so I think that you mentioned the confidentiality, the professionalism, the support. Um, I think that's the hardest part in my experience for pastors, just to be able to open up and seek that help, because we're always concerned that somebody's going to find out about it and want our job, or we're going to lose our whole career, our calling, our credentials, uh, or whatever that looks like. And so I think it's so important that we re reiterate uh, that uh, just because the district, in this case, provides this council care, you're not coming back to the district or the report to our executive uh, leadership saying, so-and-so came and saw me, and this was their issues, and this was what was going on. It doesn't work like right. that. Yeah, and let me be real clear about that, because I, I know that 
even in just secular counseling, that, that confidentiality is, is a real issue. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, when, a, when a pastor comes to us or his family comes to us, they're going to be given a client ID number. And it, it doesn't have anything to do with any kind of identification number that the, um, the district may have, like their, like their credential number right. or their license number. Uh, it's a completely different number. And it serves as an identification between, for example, me and the district. So they come to me, I create an invoice after I see them. And on that invoice is a, a, you, just a, uh, an ID number, a, a file number, if you will. And I'm going to submit that. And, and that is the only identification that there is. There's no name attached, no address, no um, the, the church that they pastor is not on there. Their address is not on there. It's simply a number. And I've tried to be very, very careful to, to create that system so that they can come with a confidence that they can be very real, they can be very authentic, they can be very honest. And, and that enables me and other uh, counselors in the network to really um, – kind of bore into what's going on in their life and how can we get down to that root issue and help them heal so they can get back there on the front lines. That's, that's great. I'm, thanks for explaining that because I do know that can be a hesitation sometimes for a pastor. So uh, I think just explaining how that works and that it is completely confidential. The district truly believes in this as a, as a, as a help to our ministers. This isn't a way for, I know, uh, Dr. Clonch's heart, Pastor Headley, Pastor Bell, uh, for them to, to keep their thumb on something. This is a way to say, hey, we're all in this together. And if there's a way the district can partner and help with that. And so if you're not familiar with the way the NTD Council Care Program works, uh, in the North Texas District will pay for the first three sessions of counseling through this council care program, not only for the minister, but also for your immediate family. Is that correct, Dr. Love? Yes, it is. Okay, so take advantage of this. As, as he has said how this works, there is a, a website on northtexas.ag forward slash council care you can go to. His contact information is there. Uh, you don't even have to go through the district for approval to contact him. He will take care of all of that. Uh, he'll verify you know, that you're credentialed and that you meet the, the requirements for the council care program. And we just want to offer this as a resource to you. So thanks uh, again, Jeff, for explaining how that works. I want to shift gears a little bit. You, you said earlier about pastors being in isolation. Uh, well, now more than ever is that word <laughs> uh, relevant because of the, the COVID-19 um, uh, requirements that have come down from governments as far as uh, not gathering and meeting in places and uh, everybody being quarantined to their homes. Uh, so right now, more than ever, this is an unprecedented time that our pastors are leading through. And I'm pretty sure there was no class that anyone took in Bible school that said how to be a pastor when you can't meet with your people, when you're quarantined at home, and everything looks different in the world around us, right? Right. Yeah. It's, it's really the antithesis of what we were trained to do. You know, we're shepherds, but we don't have access to our sheep. I mean, how, how do you do that? Right. Yeah, so I want to I want to just talk a little bit about that today because I think uh, we're you know today as of today's recording April fourteenth depending on when you're listening to this podcast uh, we're we're several weeks into this now stay at home and stay safe order uh, it may have different verbiage in your county where you're at but uh, basically the premise of our church is not being able to meet in person and I, I will say I have loved the creativity. 
uh, the ingenuity of our churches and our pastors. They're getting so creative to still reach their, their flock, to lead their people. I've seen drive-in churches and uh, just we, we've broken out of the one hour a week on a Sunday morning mindset of doing church. Uh, and so I'd love to see our pastors do that. But I think for these past few weeks, our pastors have been leading on adrenaline a little bit, just trying to stay ahead or, or up to date with all the changes and requirements. But I feel like there's going to be a time where when our pastors take a step back for a moment and realize all that's changed, um, they're going to have to process this. They're going to have to process this personally, internally, mentally, uh, spiritually themselves. Um, and what I don't want to happen is for exhaustion to sit in or um, if maybe their numbers are down or their giving is down for them to start having uh, these these um, these ideas come into their head about fear and about their churches. Are they going to make it? And, you know, just all the doubts and insecurities that can, that can come up. So I want us to spend just a few minutes here before we end our time, uh, just talking about spiritual and, and mental health for our pastors leading through this. So can you just speak to that maybe for a few minutes? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and in fact, I'm really, really grateful that we've taken the opportunity to sort of put this together and, and get it into the, the pastor's hands um, first of all, this did not take God by surprise. True. He knew this was coming down the pipe. Okay. And you know, I was just talking to my wife about this, uh, this morning, in fact, about how different things are, but you know what, this whole COVID-19 has kind of forced us to go back to a, uh, a new Testament church type format. True. I mean, uh, Roman persecution never stopped the church. Nero was not able to stop the church. Now, they may have had to meet in different formats in order to keep the gospel going, in order to, to um, you know, come together and encourage each other. Uh, you know, we've got the, 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 the New Testament is written by letters to, to the parishioners of the church. So there's so many different ways to continue to shepherd the flock in a non-traditional sort of way. Um, but, but as we move through that process, I think there are some, some things that we need to do as ministers. And in the first off is we've got to be aware of our emotions and the reactions. You know, you talk a lot about, um, uh, pastors kind of running off of adrenaline right now. Mm -hmm. the, the bad thing about adrenaline is when that adrenaline shuts down, it often leads to depression. Right. It's in a fact, high and a low. Exactly. Yeah. And you crash into this post-adrenal depression, and that can be very, very uh, difficult to come out of. So we've got to begin to notice, you know, what is it in life that makes you sad, that makes you frustrated, that makes you angry? This is a time where we've got to become a little bit more uh, mindful of what's going on inside of us and mm -hmm. what we're feeling. And, and I'd be able to identify those negative emotions that we're experiencing and then address those things and try to change those things. But we also need to notice what's going in our life that makes us happy, that brings us joy, that makes us feel closer to each other, and then identify those and do that more often. And, you know, when, when you remove something, you've got to replace it with mm -hmm. something. Okay. So the first, first thing I think that pastors got to be, do is become increasingly aware of their emotions and how they're reacting. But also, you know, how you can express your feelings. Um, we've all got them. Uh, women tend to be more attuned to their emotions than guys are, but 
we've got to uh, we've got to identify what we're feeling and then express those in the right way. And, and that involves kind of letting people close to us know when something's bothering us. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when you're quarantined in the house with your wife and your kids, it kind of forces you to communicate some things. You can't jet off to the, the church and, and sort of distract yourself with ministry. Um, or, or in my case, off to the school and distract myself with, with uh, you know, my classes and stuff. Mm-hmm. You've got to uh, express those in appropriate ways. You know, keeping those feelings of, of sadness and anger and frustration, you know, that's if you keep all that bottled up, you're going to explode. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just how it works. If, if you keep depression bottled up, you're going to explode. If you keep anger bottled up, you're going to explode. And the dangerous thing about that is you don't have any control of when it comes out. A lot of times we feel like we do. You know, I'm, I'm under control. I've got my emotions under control. And then, you know, your, uh, your daughter spills some milk and all of a sudden you explode all over the kitchen. Okay, Sometimes you've it's lost small control. things that, that can exactly. trigger. Exactly. Yeah, yes, yes. So, so think before you act. You know, emotions can be extremely powerful like we just talked about. But you've got to give yourself time to think, time to be calm before you say something that that you may regret and there's a lot of different ways ways to do this you know you can count to 10 which is honestly very very effective Mm. um i've I've talked to some pastors and encouraged them you know after some situations to to write a draft email uh don't email it (laughs) (laughs) write it out wait 24 hours and reread it you know the idea here is to wait until you can calm down like Rather that. than being so impulsive with our emotions and sending something out that we're going to regret or blurting something out that we can't reel back in. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that is about managing our stress. So we've got to try to change the situations that are causing us the stress. Um, learning relaxation techniques uh, in order to cope with the stress that we're going to experience. Um, these can include things just like deep breathing, just taking a few moments, inhaling and then exhaling. Mm-hmm. And then do that for about five minutes. And physiologically, the way God has designed us, physiologically, our brain calms down, our body calms down, and we do regain control. Uh, you know, meditation a lot of times has a bad uh, reputation. Mm-hmm. But what kind I'm talking about. Our religion a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But what I like to do is I like to meditate on God's word. That's good. You know, I'll take a a scripture or a phrase in a passage and I'll just meditate on that. I'll repeat it over and again, over and over again. I'll, I'll, I'll allow that few words in God's, God's passage to me for that day to just really sink in. So there's a lot of different things. I mean, before we were talking, uh, before we started recording, we were talking about exercise mm-hmm. and, and the importance of that. Uh, you know, my, my wife and I, um, prior to all this, you know, she had her life and I kind of had my life and we came together in the evenings. Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, we're getting up, we're, we're walking around the block together, we're, we're talking to each other, uh, we're spending time working out in the yard together. And, and we're, we're getting some sunshine, some fresh air. We're getting our heart rate up. All of this stuff helps. 
Now, along with all this, I think it's really important to kind of strive for some balance in our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- find a healthy balance between work, which we, we've got to keep doing, but also some play, okay? Between activity and rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, make time for the things that you enjoy. That's good. As pastors, a lot of times we are very type A we're very goal oriented. We're very focused on the next week's sermon or next Wednesday's Bible study or whatever it is. But, but God has given us this opportunity completely out of our control, but he's given us this opportunity to slow down and to, to do some things that that maybe we've been putting off for a while. Sure. I think Um, that's so good. You, you mentioned that about, you know, you're, you're a father and a husband. I'm a father and a husband. I have four kids at home. And, and even with your kids, they, we all went our own ways during the day and you come back, you know, with school and extracurriculars and works and ministries and, and hobbies and all this. And, and I think something that's helped us that I've been pointing out through this is just finding the positive in this. Yeah, there's a lot of negative to this uh, COVID-19 change in our lives, but man, there's a lot of positive, as you said, that kind of that forced slowdown and um, yeah. the forced getting to spend time with your family. I think that's uh, so important. We've had more family dinners in the past three weeks than, you know, we probably had in a year because of all of our schedules of a family of six being spread out like we are. Uh, so it's, I think that's been a help for us as well. You're talking about finding what makes you happy is finding on what the positive is in all of this and, and focusing on that. How would you speak to that though, as a, as a husband and father, uh, you know, as you said, being now forced together all the time, it can bring some things up that uh, used to you could you could distract from or, or leave from. What are some ways that families uh, that are listening to this can uh, focus on when those things start getting elevated and you're you're together? How can they focus on finding that peace and not exploding? You know, through that. Yeah, and and to that point, I think it's important for us to remember that God created marriage and family before the church ever came along. That's so good. That's good. Say that again. And, and <laughs> God created marriage and family long before the church ever came along. And I think as, as ministers, this is a great opportunity to, to relearn and become a student of our spouse. That's good. To, to pay attention to them, to ask them deep questions and learn about their fears, their worries, their goals, their dreams, their disappointments. And sometimes these are hard conversations because sometimes those disappointments include us. Sure, um, sure. <laughs> but we, we've got to push through that and we've got to work through that and pray through that with our spouse. Yeah. And this, the same is true with, with kids. You know, I've got, I've got two daughters right now that are, that are homeschooling right now. And, and it's a struggle mm-hmm. because the teacher isn't right there. But, but before I came up here uh, to do this recording, I caught, my older daughter helping her little sister and I'm thinking, Hey, something is happening on a, on a really grassroots uh, family level. Uh, They're bonding with each other and 10 years from now, 15 years now, whenever they're married and have their own kids, there's a relationship that is being created right now that is going to pay big dividends down the road. That's so good. There's, there's a positive side to this. There really is. Absolutely. 
Well, we're, we're nearing the end of our, our time here on this, but I want to I wanna have our listeners know what next steps they could take. Uh, I mentioned the website for the council care, but what other resources do you have available uh, that uh, our listeners could look at? And Well, I've got, um, I've got a website, uh, drjefflogue.com, that uh, people can take a look at. And I've, I've written some, some blogs and things on there that they may find helpful during this time. Okay. Uh, also, I've got uh, a couple of three books that I've written. You can, you can find those on amazon.com. The first one is entitled uh, Porn in the Pew. And that was a uh, really built off a research project that I did uh, as I was going through my dissertation. But it discusses the, um, the effects of uh, pornography addiction, especially on Christians and, and how it plays out in the church and this type of stuff. Uh, I've written another book called How to Get What You Want When You Want It. And it's basically a goals book, how to achieve uh, the things that you want to achieve. Either those may be short-term goals. Those may be long-term goals. And uh, the other one is uh, Piercing the Darkness of Depression. And that might be one that some people may find very helpful, especially during this COVID-19 where we're dealing with uh, fears and anxieties, um, maybe loved ones that we know that have contracted the virus. Uh, there's a lot of grief going on right now as well. So those are some resources that I think are, are really helpful. But just to end it and, and, and let you know that the importance of accessing council care, there's a vast network of counselors. Wherever you are in the North Texas district, there is a, there's somebody in our network that's close to you. That's right. That's so good. We, uh, <clears throat> we believe, <clears throat> excuse me, that we are all in this together, that we're a family. And I, and I know uh, that you, um, that you pray for those that you're, that you're helping and ministering to. Absolutely. You pray for those as well. And uh, ultimately, God knows. God knows what we're all dealing with, struggling with, facing and battling. Uh, but God did not intend for us to go it alone. And I think that's so important that you, that you ended by saying that. Uh, Dr. Logue, thank you again for being our guest on the NTD Leadership Podcast today. We will post uh, your website uh, in our comments on the podcast. But for those that are listening, it's Dr. Jeff, J-E-F-F, Logue, L-O-G-U-E, Dot com. Did I say that correctly? That's right. Yeah. So they can go to your website. Uh, you can also go to northtexas.ag forward slash council care. And there you can find his contact information as well uh, as learning how the NTD provides for this program. So uh, God bless you all. Thank you for listening today to this podcast. We are praying for each one of you during these unprecedented times. And as Dr. Logan, I've both mentioned today, God is moving. There is so many positives happening. Uh, God is doing some incredible things. We're hearing incredible testimonies and reports coming now from Easter Sunday of the number of people that were reached with the gospel, the number of people that watched online and attended drive-in services. And uh, just know that uh, just because we're doing church differently than we've ever done, it doesn't mean God's any different. Uh, so God bless you all. Thanks for tuning in today.